COVID-19 impact so far is because of the demand slump with adverse impact on operating and financial leverage and moving target. For today's discussion, we have selected a topic of significance of counter-thinking theory of constraints post-COVID crisis. For this, we have pleased to host uh, Mr. Kiran Kothekar, founding director of Vector Consulting Group, to present this topic. Uh, Vector's clientele includes industry leaders across sectors, uh, be it auto, FMCG, materials, to name a few. Uh, this speaks volumes of the work that they do. And now I'll hand over the floor to Mr. Kiran, who shall brief about Vector Consulting, what they do, and how they do it. Uh, we shall also have a Q&A session post his presentation. Uh, over to you, sir. Yeah, hi. Um, good morning. This is Kiran Kotegar here. Um, uh, I am one of the founder directors of um, Vector Consulting Group. Uh, the topic is uh, what should be the thinking uh, in the current scenario and also the scenario that is going to build after um, the whole COVID thing or the, the current crisis is over. How should companies think? How should managers think uh, to ma combat that? Uh, of course, there is a change in thinking that is required, change in business models, change in business processes that is required for sure. So, um, I'll be talking about some of the things. Um, yes, there are lots of um, uh, papers around there which talk about prediction for the industry segment for the country at a higher level, um, contraction in demand, job cuts, etc. What I'll be doing is I'll be trying to assume that you are one company in that uh, uh, there is a company in that whole segment, and I'm assuming this is the building products, uh, building material segment that we're talking about today. Um, and how can that company bug the trend? Uh, I mean, you don't have to follow if there is a 30 or 20 percent contraction in demand. Uh, the company, a particular company, that whole group did not follow the trend. It can bug the trend, and how it can do that? Uh, I'm going to talk about uh, some strategies and very ground level tactics. Uh, Sort of being at um, uh, very uh, 3,000 feet, 30,000 feet level. Yeah. Uh, just to start with uh, a brief introduction to Vector Consulting. Uh, Vector is, is a consulting company, 14 years old now. We have uh, we are a team of 140 consultants. Uh, 20, I think, getting added uh, from the campuses. Um, we we are a company that is only into implementation consulting. Of course, the solution is ours. We do not. Work, uh, we do not actually do what the client tells us to do. Don't take the service, but we are here as doctors. Um, we, uh, we do not do any recommendation or prescription projects report writing. Uh, our projects are year to year types. Um, uh, we have done more than 140 implementations in the country so far. Uh, with, one for, with 140 consultants that we do last year, we did about 100 crores. That makes us one of the largest, the largest Indian management consulting firm and in the top five, six in the country uh, at the moment. Um, we, uh, our model is uh, result-oriented. We, we have a significant portion of our keys to the results, uh, linked to the results, actual results, and we come in with the whole solution, software, uh, and the change management. So it's one shop, uh, stop, one stop shop uh, for for a particular transformation that the company is doing. And by the way, when I say 140 implementations, we have got quantum results in more than 90, 98% of them. And custom results is buffing the bigger than the uh, management's expectation. Uh, we work with uh, quite a number of clients in the distribution and retail segment, which includes Bajaj, Electrical Speed Life, Polycare, Ambuja Cement, Dollar, 
um, let me get confirmed orders and then I will produce them and send them. Uh, that is fine for institutional customers, but for retail segment it will not work because the problem side of the customer is significantly lower than your supply side. So you need to have stock in the system. That is that is the thing. That is the that is the leverage point for heavy sales. But then you need to have the right stocks at the right place, uh, which is a very cliche statement. Um, but then how do you do that? Uh, first of all, because the so what are the steps? First of all, because of the paucity of uh, of uh, the shortage of um, capacity. Trim the range. Your building materials, some of the like tiles, etc., uh, have have huge uh, huge range. Uh, trim the range. Uh, get down to say customers plus some some fashion items. Um, don't go. Or don't don't try to try to satisfy every demand. Then push shift over to purely a replenishment system. Replenishment system does not mean a deco asked me something and I gave it to him. That is not. It is saying there is a buffer. And I am trying to fill that buffer. It is as simple as that. Um, how and this system helps you tremendously in managing fluctuations in demand and in managing um, um, uh, sudden spikes, etc. Et um, in this system, there is no forecast, but you just the, suppose you have depots and you have a central warehouse, and the central warehouse keeps on filling up the depots. The plant keeps on filling up the central warehouse. Uh, there is no forecasting. There is no monthly planning, etc. Et now, this is a system which was a very simple principle. Let me give an analogy. Uh, say, in Mumbai, you have a hotel, Hayat. Uh, can anybody predict what could be the demand of water in the flush tank of room, room number 301, which is akin to a dealer or a distributor or a retailer? Uh, it's three days from now. It's impossible. It could be used one, once a day or it could be used 20 times a day, depending on whether there is a party, or medical problems, or he left in the morning or whatever. I mean, but if you look at that system, that water system, there is never a shortage of surplus in that room. Or the user or user never is worried whether he will have that material uh, when he goes into the bathroom. Never. Because it works on a particular system. Remember, in that system, nobody is ordering how much I want three days from now. It's an auto system that works. If the, if the water in the first tank is used, it gets filled up. Now, by the way, if you notice that even if there is a fluctuation, huge fluctuation variation in demand, there is never a shortage. And you will also notice that the tank which is dealing with the highest fluctuation, which is the flush tank, is the smallest in the supply chain. There is a flush tank in the room, there is a tank at the top of the building, and there is a tank, uh, municipal water water tank. The smallest tank is, is, is the one which is at the highest uh, place, place of highest fluctuation. How do they manage it? They manage it because they have a lower lead time to replenish. Because the next customer comes in, the tank is fulfilled. So the so this system actually helps you to not only have lower inventory, but also to have a very high reaction time to any any demand uh, fluctuation. Of course, in pre just when we start from the COVID uh, uh, after the COVID uh, scenario, uh, the you should have very small buffers and keep on increasing them after the. Yes, there are lots of details here and rules here, etc., etc. Um, those can be discussed in But I hope you got the idea that if you don't know what is the if you have hugely inaccurate forecast and you have shortage of that capacity, you have no choice but to go to a replenishment system with small workers. Now, moving towards uh, the sales side, which is the interesting part. Uh, company, usually a company has, has, uh, runs, uh, manages in, in two, two different, two, two models. One is they completely focus on distributors, that is primary sales, and let the distributor manage the secondary sales. The sales people are just sitting at the distributors and maybe go to the market sometimes. 
push material is key to the distributor as well. Uh, the second is that some companies have a very systematic plan and this uh, plan and just permanent journey plan and that sales people of the distributor of the company go to the retailer that are fixed uh, frequency, correct order, bring them in. Uh, these are the two, two, two methods that company use. Uh, in the post-COVID scenario, both will be rendered inefficient if some changes are not made. Um, uh, because some people think that if I am not systematic, let me just deplete this plan, I'll be better off. Um, some people who are in a weekly base plan think, okay, I can't go out too much, let me get back to the pushing mode. Both will be rendered inefficient. Why? Because the distributors, uh, if you have a distributor model or even if you have a direct dealer model, um, they, you had a march and push, usually in the half quarter is very high sales. Um, and after that sales did not happen. That means their inventory turns or rotation has reduced dramatically. If somebody had six in rotation, it is now probably nine, Etc. Somebody, uh, some it's three. Uh, somebody who had twelve rotations is now at uh, uh, six rotations. They won't take ma ma material. They think whatever material I have, let me let me take care of So primary sales is not going to happen. And even if you entice them with huge um, uh, discounts or schemes, and volume sales will not work now. For quite some time, volume sales will not work. Uh, discount schemes. Uh, be prepared that if you give discount, the competitor is going to give a bigger discount next year. Um, for those companies which are into the uh, weekly mode or permanent journey or work in the market, they will have problems like uh, area becoming to a red zone and green zone, green zone getting to an orange zone, orange zone getting to a red zone. Um, a purchase person living in a red zone can't travel out. A sales person is very scared of going, going out. Um, travel restrictions, you can only cover 10 shops a day in short 20 he used to cover. Uh, the retailer is not giving time because it's busy with customers. He already social distancing makes it. It's becoming, it's making him very inefficient. So actually the productivity of sales people are going to go down to say about 25%. But one of the, one of the, one of the hard facts of retail business is that if you don't collect orders, you are not getting any sales. So it's important that we, we collect these orders. At the same time, we have to think about where that market demand contracting, so how will I get excess sales? Um, let me go to that point before I come back to the processes of how to collect orders and say. Um, it's a, one, one hard fact of, of life in retail is, if your product is not available, it will not sell. Right? Uh, if the product is available, it may sell. For example, there are customers who come and ask for your product by name, by brand. Uh, of course, the retailer at that time doesn't get into an uh, argument. He just gives you that product because he doesn't want to lose that sale. And then in some, there are other customers who come asking for another brand, but when the brand is not available, there is a chance that your brand will sell if you are present there, right? And that happens very well because just like you are unavailable in vast part of the market, they are also unavailable in vast part of the market. Yeah, and we have, as we have worked with many companies in the retail and so on and so forth. For example, we are uh, with Bajaj because we increase their retail, number of retailers from 50,000, uh, 40,000 retailers. Uh, out of which only 20,000 used to take uh, every month or less uh, higher frequency. Uh, we are now at 2.13 retailers. And, then we, and we, we can see that the more products business sales in the last year when everything was, most of the competitors were growing, flat or growing uh, negative. Um, now, what is the potential? The potential here is the extent of unavailability in the market. It is the pot your potential. Why, how I define unavailability? Unavailability is I have a retailer. And it keeps my products, but time to time my, my products are unavailable at this place. 
एंड कस्टमर का जीरो टॉलरेंस टाइम कॉन्ट्रेक्टर और और इलेक्ट्रीशियन और प्लम्बर और एक्सेट्राइव लो टॉलरेंस टाइम जॉब and most of the brands are equivalent in the eyes of customers and and this contractors and insurers um my product is not available on the shelf a retailer keeps my product but not the whole range you see there are many retailers who don't keep my product at all now if you consider this as unavailability you can you can imagine what is the potential that is that is left there to 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 catch it because i am a company with 10% market share right and my retail reach is only 10% or 20% I have 80 percent of the retail reach left for me, right? Yes, you will get lots of stories from people. Our, our material doesn't sell there. There is no demand there. This is not successful. This is all basically, if I can use the word bullshit, called stories, right? Uh, we have proven that with many other companies that every retailer wants to keep a product that sells. Um, so this leverage for you in this COVID scenario is the entire reach and reach in the market and the entire range that has not pushed. You can even yourself have an analysis of your own company. Uh, if you are having the so 20% of the SKUs give 80% of sales, if that is so, what is the range of the retailer? Are you of a company which had say uh, about I know auto parts companies with 1,000 parts which are fast moving. The retailer has five parts, 10 parts, 15 parts, 20 parts, 50 parts, 300 parts. That's the potential out there, and this 1,000 parts are fast movers by the way. Right? I'm not talking about 50,000 parts that they have. In auto parts, it's a long range, a long range. Similarly, in, in 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 building products, right? So that is the potential that is there, and we have been talking about this potential before the COVID era. We used to say, no, no, this will be disruption. How to disrupt the system? But now you have no choice. You have, if you want sales, you have to go here. Right? So that's the potential, and that potential is huge, right? Um, if, so the so the objective should be: can I reach out? Can I increase my reach to say 80, 90 percent of the market, and with a wider range of products there? um but then the important question is why does a retailer not keep your product 80% of them will not keep your product why do they not keep your product if you ask the sales people you'll get many 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 things uh, like i narrated to it's important to go the other way around uh, start thinking when will a retailer keep the company's product rather than saying why is not keeping the company's product uh, it, it's very simple when does a retailer keep a company's product when then there is a demand for the product if you come and ask for the product Um, maybe not the same brand. Um, then, then there is high availability of the selling item, and the retailer gets a very high rotation. That is, he is getting getting a high ROI on the money he is investing in the business. These are very simple reasons why for which retail. Now, how do I prove that these are very? These are the main factors. There are so many retailers who are not your retailers, uh, who are uh, who have been there for 10 odd years or 20 odd years, and they are keeping multiple brands in the shop. By the way, one of the main reasons why the distributors and companies say I do not work with a particular retailer is because I uh, they don't pay. Now, how can if they are not paying? How are these retailers there for 10, 20 years, right? So they 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 are there because customers come in, they sell, and there is a good rotation. That's why they are there. If that does not happen, they close shop. Right? Now, that using that evidence, we we see now how do I achieve this three things. Strong tool for my product, and we are not talking about building material uh, business where there are influencers. How do we create demand for the product? Yes, there is this advertisement and awareness, etc. That creates a good uh, um, awareness about reliability, about quality, etc. But then many brands are nearly the same in the market. So how do you influence? How do you increase tool for your product? 
This is done through the influencer because in, in a technical product, influencers play a major role, and there are two types of influencers. One is the guys who use it for you as contractors, uh, plumbers, masons, carpenters, electricians, etc., etc., and the other is the retailer himself. He could influence uh, the buyer. Um, one important fact is that if if you can influence the influencer to come and ask for your product by brand, then not only that increases demand for your product. But also the retailers start keeping the product because retailers don't want to lose sales or don't want to lose customers. Usually customers come and buy a basket. So it's 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 a loop. It's a, it's a virtuous loop. If your influencers demand a product, influencers start keeping it. By the way, the influencers, the plumbers, masons, carpenters, contractors, etc., they have limited number of retail shops that they go to. Yeah, you can say I have a retail shop in this town or this district or in this lane. Uh, influencers don't go just because you give them a scheme, they don't go there, or this is a program, they don't go there. They go to their retail shop because they have this um, uh, credit and, and, and connection and, and long-term relationship and all of that. So if they start asking the products, it, it, it will be uh, many retailers will start keeping the products. So it's a workshop that builds. Um, now, the important point is what should be, how should we influence this uh, influencers to continue to ask for your product, not for the short term, but for the long term. Long term meaning many years. Now, if you look at, and I'm talking about the long term, when I say long term, long term loyalty programs, uh, it's very simple. When, if you buy something, you get points and you get reading those points. But then, if you look around you, it's, it's so, sounds so logical and so, so, so simplistic, but there are no long term projects, long term loyalty programs running around. Rarely. If there, is, if there could be one company which is doing that, uh, say, like a fiddler, um, and we have some other clients uh, who are doing it. But other than that, uh, rarely you'll find a long-term program running in a company because many a times these long-term programs are not actually long-term, they are short-term. They are meant to achieve sales for that quarter, uh, that year. For example, they say, okay, we give you points, but you have to redeem them by December. If you don't redeem them by December, they'll get lapsed. Now, that's not long-term, right? Or somebody to say, okay, if you if you get to this point, automatically the cash will go into your bank. Um, that's not long term. That's short term because once that transaction is over, the influencer can shift to another brand, which is giving a better thing to him. But what we want is a program that will hook this influencer for the long term. I'm talking about many years, right? Uh, which means that you have to fill the long term aspirations. Now, in, if you look at uh, many of these companies, many of the companies. The influencers are in two categories. One is large contractors or large, large guys with large consumption, and there are many, many small people with very small consumption. For example, electricians, carpenters, masons, etc., etc., and then small masons and who have graduated to be small contractors. There are very few large architects and very few large uh, com uh, contractors as companies. Um, if I know of a cement company. Uh, whose sales, 80% sales is for individual house builders. Now, who is building those individual houses? Most of them are small, small contractors. Um, how do I get them? Now, the problem with them is they have aspirations, right? We have schemes saying if you do this, this by March 10, you'll go to Singapore, Bangkok, or you'll get a Honda City, or this, or that, etc. Now, you will see most of the time the big guys take everything. The small guys never get all these things, right? The problem here is the time period. Why do you have, when you're building loyalty, why do you want to keep a limited time period? Why can't it be for an unending scheme, an infinite period? For example, a small guy, 
ही कैन बाय अंडर ही कैन गो टू सिंगापुर और ही कैन बाय समथिंग फॉर फैमिली इफ ही इज इन दीम फॉर थ्री इयर्स इमेजिन इफ दिस गाई गेट दिस ऑप्शन वुड यू नॉट गो फॉर इट राइट दिस इज दी चेंज दट एंड ऑफ नॉट डोंट कन्वर्ट लॉन्ग टर्म लॉयल्टी प्रोग्राम इन फिफ्टीन अर्लियर देर वॉज एक्सप्रेशन ऑफ नंबर बाय द क्वार्टर एंड एंड प्रेशर ऑफ द मार्केट क्वार्टर अल्टीमेटली पुस्ट समथिंग टू द क्वार्टर दिस क्वार्टर फर्स्ट मंथ इज ऑलवेज डाउन नाउ आई एम सेंग दैट डिस्क्रिप्शन ऑलरेडी हैपन स्टार्ट दिस इज द टाइम टू थिंक अबाउट लॉन्ग टर्म यस यू कैन स्टार्ट समथिंग सम कंपनी विच इज डूइंग टू थाउजेंड करोड मॉर्ग टू टू थाउजेंड करोड द मार्केट अंडरस्टैंड अंडरस्टैंड इट दिस इज द टाइम टू गेट इन टू दैट लॉन्ग टर्म थिंकिंग राइट नाउ दिस लॉयल्टी प्रोग्राम विद इन्फ्लुएंसर देर आर टू मेन रीजन्स वाई दीज फेल इन द मार्केट इवन इफ पीपल स्टार्ट इन गुड इंटेंशन फर्स्ट इज टूअर ट्रस्ट इन द कंपनी इन्फ्लुएंसर्स आर हर्ड हॉर स्टोरीज मेरा माई फिफ्टी थाउजेंड पॉइंट ऑफ वॉर्स वेस्टेड लैस्ट द सेल्स हेड एक्सचेंज इन दीम इन दिस एरिया द सेल्स द स्कीम ऑज रन थ्रू द डिस्ट्रीब्यूटर द डिस्ट्रीब्यूटर इज नाउ सेंग दैट ही कैन नॉट डू एनीथिंग बिकॉज समथिंग इज एपन विद द कंपनी द डिस्ट्रीब्यूटर हैज यूज इट फॉर सम अदर गेम्स लाइक गिविंग इट विद रिलेटिव लॉट ऑफ इशूज देयर people actually don't trust anything long term they say let's let's have something for this month and forget the long term right now how do we convert that poor trust into into a long term trust uh, it's like the bank you put money in the bank uh, you're not worried whether the bank will run away with the money uh, you are you are worried you are sure that even after 8 years you go you will uh, get that money the similar trust has to be built i'm not going to issue case you right now but generally uh, large popular banks you need your trust yes um we have to build that how do we do that so uh, people use say okay these people are getting points let's give them technology let's they will use the phone they will uh, put in their uh, coupon number or uh, the number of the bag or box and points will get accumulated just imagine how many of you would do that in getaways or any day told you that go and input the details of your boarding pass yourself points will be credibility uh, or account that does not happen right you, you people don't do that or very lazy or incompetent or or not have not have the time so what we are saying is that yes technology is used for accumulating points but the main thing is physical need physical contact have a mechanism by to meet these people every month every 15 days for example in an auto parts company we have specially mechanics representatives who go and meet the mechanics every 10 day there is a separate force Go that takes his dabbas boxing, puts it in his passport, um, takes his signature or whatever. Uses that time to talk to him. Why are you not using that part? Or explain to him part features, etc., etc. Uh, if there are electricians or carpenters or plumbers or etc., you could uh, they don't have a fixed place, so you could call them to a place at a retail shop or something like that. Form a club, uh, take their points down, ask if there are any issues, do product demonstration. Um, This is many companies say I want to get connected to the end consumer. This is the way you get connected to the end consumer. Uh, this is also used to create an emotional connect. Like uh, if there is a problem, one of those guys met with an accident, has sick, people collect uh, some donations, company contributes something. Correct. So there are ways. Shamdan, you go, you could, you could go to. You say I want to do social work. You give the labor. I give the material. Uh, there are ways, various ways in which you physically connect, connect with the family. So. Companies aspire to get connected with the end consumer. This is one method that works very, very beautiful. Uh, 
we need to dedicate people to do this. So that, of course, we don't have to add people. We can take this from the current crop, which I'll talk later on. It's not about adding people. Where does this money come for the uh, influencer logic? It's part of the marketing. You don't have, if you do all this, many of the marketing that you do, holdings, etc., etc., can come down dramatically. Right? Uh, another important thing is we have a central war room which collects all these points, analyzes them, sends them to the field sales people, tells them what's happening with the with carpenter, he's not increasing his points, he's decreasing. So you meet all, you collect all that analysis and go and meet these people, talk to them on the phone, talk to them personally, what's happening with you, what happened, is that Hitler not working with you. That so it's not a team that is released by a mail or a poster. It's an ongoing activity that's, that's, that's building relationship with the customer. Right? This is one of the things that you do to build trust. Whenever they want redemption, it's done properly, there's no failure, you understand why you want to do the redemption, get connected with it. And one of the, the the most critical points by which this due to which this uh, program fails, or one which is not known to companies or companies don't tend to recognize it, is the availability at the retailer. Now, our a contractor goes to his three retail shops and asks for the materials. I am enrolled. I want that material. And they say, I don't keep this material. Now, if your reach is 10 percent or 20 percent. You call people to is bound to fail because 80% of the market is not covered at all. So this is one of the main reasons why the program fails. So on on standalone, this program will never never work. It has to be linked to availability in the market. So the next important point is that I have to create availability and I have to create availability at at a wider reach. So how do I create availability at a wider reach? Uh, your salespeople pushing material, etc., etc. Now, as I said, the second important point that the retailer wants is high rotation and availability. How do I achieve this? One of the most beautiful ways that you can learn from the FMCG companies or many companies who do this is that if retailers get small quantities, very frequently, their, their ROI increases dramatically. For example, if there is a 30-day credit period with the retailer, and if you are taking orders every day and the delivery, delivery happens the next day, so you go on a Tuesday and deliver on the Wednesday, but it will not going to keep more than 15 days stock, right? That gives you an ROI of infinity, right? That is what something, and every retailer, every distributor dreams, and the most uh, pleasant dream that he gets is, I am doing my business with somebody else's money. This is the way you can help him out, right? Now, if that ROI is so fantastic, how many retailers say, I don't want to work with and I, I, on the side, I see people dumping my shop, uh, filling it to the neck, material is going into my house as well, the warehouse is overflowing, and I don't know when this will sell, and when I take an inventory count, I find out 5% of it is already obsolete or damaged, etc., etc. So, this is where, uh, of course, there is conviction required and so on and so forth. So, what we are saying is that if you can go and take an order from the retailer every week and deliver the next day, that reliability creates a rhythm which the retailer says, wow, this is great. ROI also fantastic, delivery also uh, fantastic. Suppose the customer comes and asks me today and I get a delivery tomorrow, that's fantastic. If that is the case, we can actually take more space for display in the shop, etc. Et et now, this is this is something that a retailer wants, but a company does not do this. Their company is more focused on pushing to the distributors. If they push to the distributors, then the distributors want to push to the market, and then there are discounts, and then price hygiene goes for a top, and, and the salespeople and the distributors both focus on large retailers. Nobody goes to the small retailers. 
the small retailers don't want to buy from you because the price rising is, is vague. They try to buy from someone else, infiltration, etc. So we can get that all out of the way and have a very clean uh, market for us. Um, when retailers know that they can make margins, small retailers also want to buy. Small retailers. So now, um, the important thing is that if I increase my reach from, say, 20,000 retailers to uh, 80,000 retailers, how do I manage to take orders from them daily? Uh, my sales guy can only visit 15, 20 shops. Now in the COVID area, he will visit even lesser number of shops. I will require a huge sales force, either mine or a distributor. If I take a distributor sales force, he will ask for more money. Uh, there is a solution for that. Uh, just, just to get to the fundamental, what is sales in retail? A sales in retail, taking an order from an existing regular retailer who is already known to you and who is with a very strong connect with you, is not sales, it's just a transaction. Because, are a, uh, send me so many boxes, send me so many cages, etc., etc. Uh, send me so many bags. That's how it works. It's a transaction. What is sales in retail then? Sales in retail is helping an existing retailer sell more, adding range to an existing retailer, or adding a new retailer. This, according to me, is sales in retail. Taking an order from an existing retailer is a transaction. If you accept this definition, and if the retailer knows that you are not going to dump him, then this whole transaction can be shifted to the back end it could be someone on the phone doing it. Yeah, of course, it's not like a call center guy, but it's a telecaller who understands, who knows the script, understands how to talk, and that type uh, goes on saying, last week you bought so much, you want to buy that, we have this product, and, and etc. So we have various ways of uh, doing that. Um, and so a phone caller can do 120 to 140 calls a day. The big advantage here is that if the retailer is not in the shop, even then he gets ordered. The retailer knows Tuesday I am going to get this call. He probably carries a check in his pocket. He has done, he found this out with many of the companies. He carries a check in his pocket. Wherever he gets the call, he just narrates the order and moves on. He can even do, he can do that while he has customers in front of him. Or he can say, okay, get, call me after 15 minutes, etc. Uh, the efficiency of the call increases. At the same time, we have quality control. Then, when a retail when our sales people go, person goes to the shop and what he is doing, what he is talking, nobody knows. He comes and, comes and tells his story. Now here there is a there is recording of the conversation. There are quality control people who say, oh, you should have talked like this, next time you talk like this, uh, this is the way you approach him, you got angry, okay, to so do like this. And so all the senior guys call up the say, you got angry, no need to get angry, this is a process, I will not call you in this time. So there are a lot of corrections that happen immediately. That's a, that's a, there's a feedback loop that exists and a very, very authentic feedback loop that exists. So, for example, we have been able to, in a company, for a company in, in Mumbai, they had something like 2,000 retailers. We, in, in three months' time, we take them to 40,000. Of course, the universe of Mumbai for that company is nearly 1 lakh retailers. So, that's what happens. Uh, you can ask. So, it is, of course, there is a software tool that, that is required, and, 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 and you can imagine if you have five salespeople, how many retailers, the five salespeople in a week can cover 100 probably. Um, uh, maybe 500 uh, retailers. Now they could cover uh, six times of that, seven times of that, ten times of that. You don't know. Yeah. And this, uh, this order is given to the distributor. Distributor sends the material. He collects the money. This caller could be the distributor people or your own people. So you could monitor them through a central, you know, central software. Now what do the sales people do? Uh, there is a central war room which analyzes data. A retailer is not buying from you. Uh, he stopped buying a particular item. His trend is going lower. This feedback is go to the sales people, sales people go and talk to the guy and say, what's happening with you? And then they say, I don't have, they're not solved my credit problem, my material damage, they're not picking it up. I have a customer complaint, nobody's attending. 
No, relationships are not built by going and standing in front of the retailer and asking for an order. relationship uh, That's not what I'm saying. Relationships happen when you solve a problem of a retailer. That's the stronger bond that you create. So with this now, sales are solving issues. And we have seen that people have small issues which have not been solved for a long period of time because of which they are not buying from, they are buying from the company. Now these issues then get resolved and they see a person coming and solving it. It makes a lot, lot of difference. That's how you build relationships in this environment, right? Um, now coming to, okay, this is fine. We also need the retailer to be uh, interested in us. There are lots of schemes going around. So what should we do with the retailer? Now in retail, if you see, there are two types of schemes that are working around. One is the um, volume-based schemes and the other is the growth-based schemes. Volume-based schemes are if you, if you buy 10, you will get 11 schemes. 11 uh, or if you buy X amount, uh, X quantity, you will get higher discount and so on. Um, Growth-based schemes are if you grow by this percentage, you will get it. The volume-based schemes, usually the big guys get into the platinum club, the gold club and all this. And every day they go on a cruise or Netherlands or uh, South Africa or Bangkok. Um, the lower guys, the smaller guys can't make that volume, so they never go there. Uh, so to take care of that, sometimes the company will have a growth-based scheme. Now, 30% growth for a smaller guy could even not be even 2% growth for a bigger guy, and then the bigger guy is dissatisfied. So over a period of time, companies do a mishmash of this, and one year this, and six months that, and, and all that stuff happens, and it becomes very complicated. But both have a negative. Uh, if you, and usually companies favor volume-based. Volume-based means small guys are not interested. And if you do volume-based, push very hard, uh, there is price hygienation in the market and small guys run away. Now, we are saying that even the small guy should be interested in your skills. The same like the influencer. We call it a retailer loyalty program. A small guy wants to go to Singapore, we can go in three years. The same, the same logic uh, with which we are talking about. So everybody is interested for the long term. As a matter of fact, what we do, some, some companies actually try to terminate the scheme or have a period at the end of the year. They will say, okay, redeem your points and everything is left. We actually do the opposite. We say, if you don't redeem this year, I will give you a bonus. I will give you a 20% point bonus. I want you to be with me. The important thing here is, if the number of points increase, it creates an exit barrier for the for the influencer or the retailer. Uh, there is a scheme for somebody. You are now at 10,000 points. It's, now, in front of the 10,000 points, the scheme is very, very unattractive. That's how you create an exit barrier through accumulation of points, large number of points. You all have very good experience with airlines. You accumulate a large number of points. You want to stick to that airline, even if there is a small difference in the fare. Um, that's what we do. For the retailer, there are pick-up points, like if you increase the range, I'll give you so much. If you increase the times that you order, I'll give you so much. So there are kickers that come in to create the behavior of small and frequent ordering and a wider range and so on and so forth. Right. So those, those, those are the modifications depending on the industry uh, that you can do. Um, one of the important points is that many times this, 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 this programs are outsourced to distributors or outside agencies and so on and so forth. Don't do that. This should. This is your marketing. This is your customer. Do it yourself. There's a separate team that manages this. Um, it could be because your lots of other work is not not required now. Uh, the team can be found from within to do all this. Um, uh, company has more emotions and empathy towards the customer than a distributor or a, or, or some outside agency. Um, important thing is that launch a retailer loyalty program or a or an influencer loyalty program only when you know that in that area your availability is very good. 
which means large number of retailers and material availability both are very good. Um, so the next point is okay, you did, you got influencers, you got large number of retailers, but if your material supply is not good, then uh, then this thing will change because one of the important things that seller wants okay, fine, all this is fine, but I want the material that is selling. Right. If you don't give me the material, the schemes are useless to me, and the influencer also gets very dissatisfied that the retailer does not have a material, so he is interested. So you need to have a system by which the material will is available at your distributor or at your depot, which we talked some time back. Um, uh, important, many companies say, okay, I try to increase my reach, it's not increasing. Uh, distributor is not interested in increasing the reach. Of course, he's not interested in increasing the reach. If he has a 60-day stock and he's making a 16% ROI, He's not going to increase the reach. He's not going to put in capital. Every retailer you add needs credit. He requires capital. Where is the capital going to come from? The company cannot give it. The distributor in this circumstances will not give it. The only place, only, only opportunity to get this capital is the stock that the distributor is carrying. If you are a distributor, yeah. If you are a direct dealer model, then it's the company. So the company has to increase inventory, say, by 20 percent. But if it is through a distributor, then the distributor stock has to be reduced. Their 60-day stock has to be reduced to 30 days. That capital release has to be monitored and you add the number of retailers. Look at this, a distributor with the same capital is now getting fantastic sales, increased sales. The higher the frequency, the higher frequency of ordering and dispatch ensures that receivables in the market are less. When does a retailer pay? A retailer does not pay when he sold the material. That's a bad motion. Right? A retailer does, retailer, a retailer surely pays when he wants to order next. When you are taking small orders and frequently, you actually get money of the past bill, of the past month's bill, every visit you go. As a matter of fact, we have seen a rhythm where retailers keep the check ready because it was very small amount uh, and it's already sold and there's a good rotation. So receivables actually come down with this system. This is what, this is what is the, um, so, uh, the very brief, each, com- each, each, each company would have its own nuances. Uh, models, um, challenges, etc. For example, there is one company would have 25% as freight cost. Other would say I cannot have multiple handling. Somebody would say the retail shop is important for me to, the display is more important than the stock. Um, influencers are spread far and wide. Um, those, those are the issues which, which need to be solved. Production, large batches, um, can't take small batches. Uh, etc. Et so to just to just to summarize, uh, what we are talking about is have a supply chain system which which will work on replenishment with lower lower buffers or lower level of uh, for each of the schemes. Trim that uh, after the COVID, uh, just, just to manage the situation. Few months after the COVID, trim the range, then add it later. Increase the buffers as the as the sale increases. At the same side, uh, shift to telecalling uh, with the existing retailers. When the, thing, when the situation is good, add more retailers, go to the area, map. The simple thing that we do for mapping the area is go walk the streets, right? go visit every shop that can sell your product, take his name, number, extend the program to him and start calling him. Uh, design the RLP, design the RLP, launch it, define sales organization structure and review mechanisms in this situation. Um, train sales people, both the companies and the distributors to, to manage this situation. Um, uh, the uh, uh, influencer loyalty program, the whole thing about how to visit, how to connect, the emotional connect, the whole program has to be done. Then replenishment to the distributor to have availability at a lower lower investment. That, in summary, 
the 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 talk that I wanted to have with you. As a matter of fact, this is the solution that we are suggesting to we are suggesting to our clients, our prospects, even before COVID, because it is fundamental. It's very logical for that industry. Those people who accepted it have started implementation or into right, uh, much deeper into the implementation. For them, after the COVID, is they are not changing their model. They are just switching something. For example, in an area, I cannot have the call centers. What should I do? Uh, my distributor in an area is not. A, for example, the people who had um, uh, distributors on reservation today, they are not facing those high receivables in the market. I know of a company whose receivables is 180 days now, but I know of a company, my one of my clients who who used to keep on the 15 days stock and was pure replenishment to the distributor uh, has has almost 15 days of receivables at this moment. Yeah, because the, uh, there was no push to that. The whole work was done secondary to get the sale. So for them, it is just a bit of tweaking here and there. But for companies who are already into a push model or forecasting or monthly planning or, or scheme-driven or price discounting-driven, for them the whole uh, we were suggesting this model. Now, uh, now is the time to look at uh, this whole connect. We always wanted to do this customer connect and an efficient supply chain and an auto-driven supply chain with 99% availability and managing uh, no loss of sales. That time it was like, oh, how could I take this big transformation? How could I do this uh, uh, disruption? But now disruption has already happened. Time to think. Uh, time to think fundamentally. Thank you very much.